Hi everyone and welcome back to Dice Mi Mama. I wanted to start off by saying thank you to everyone that has liked, shared, and reached out with so much support on this project. Let's get started. So last week, I briefly just mentioned my mom going into autopilot and how young my parents were when they had us. And it made me think about their treatment of us in general and how growing up, I didn't understand the struggles of being really young with four children and in a new country, new language, new customs. I didn't understand all the outside trials and tribulations that were happening outside of the household where my parents didn't know how to how to handle those emotions in the household and i think that's the experience that we have overall that is can be relatable with first generation parents and children there almost is like a stop to that growth that happens when our parents come here. And I mentioned the word autopilot previously because they stopped growing and they got older in age and physically, but mentally, a lot of the times they don't. So their reactions end up primarily being childish, right? I've had this conversation with my mom before and my dad because my dad um, was a head of household, so he always worked and again, wanted a better life for us, for himself and at times had multiple jobs where he would be working one job and then work his second job and then go to school and then come home at midnight to be up at five o'clock in the morning to get back to his first job. So my mom, a lot of the time was home with us. She was the provider in the house. She cooked every day, made sure we had a warm meal. She got up and dropped us off, dropped us off at school. And then she would pick us up from school and she would take us to our doctor's appointments and she would clean and she would clean and she would clean. 
And then she was also kind of mean to us. And looking back now, after a long day of work that I've had with two kids, I just need a moment of silence and I need a little support. And I don't think that my mom was not on the receiving end of that to the capacity that she needed it. And in turn, it translated into this explosive behavior. And now as an adult, I get it. Because there are days where I want to be able to close my computer and sit in silence. Because there's those days where you earned a paycheck. But I still have to be mom. I still have to be a wife. I still have to be a partner. I still have to be that next person in the next hour, right? Because when I put the baby down to sleep at seven o'clock and my daughter needs her hair done at eight o'clock and I need to take a shower at nine o'clock and I need to not necessarily debrief, but I need to unload at 10 o'clock and the baby's waking up at 11, screaming his head off because he lost his binky. And now I can't, now it's midnight. And I haven't peed in eight hours. All those things. Imagine times four. So as an adult now that I have. Brought that humanity aspect, that human aspect. And reshaped my experience as a child through the through the lens of a human being I'm a lot more forgiving it's easy for me to say she didn't know so when I Asked my mom about some of the best memories she has. She always goes back to being 15, 16, 17, around that age group, maybe between the age of 16 and 20, when she only had my oldest brother. And she talks about how she used to ride motorcycles and how she used to go to the lake with her friends in Honduras and they would stay up till midnight talking and joking and they would go to the club and I think mentally that's where she places some of the most confident feel-good moments of her life and in turn, she reacts in that age group because mentally 
she's never was given the opportunity to grow past that because then she had more kids. And I think that a lot of you out there can maybe relate to situations where you may think, why does my parent act like this? And it's really because some of our parents, their mental growth, emotional growth was stunted at a particular age. So when your mom or dad react by yelling and throwing doors or kitchen cabinets or whatever the case may be, and you say, are you the teenager or am I? It's because mentally they're reacting in an age where they stop growing emotionally, which leads me to the blind spot conversation. When a caretaker of yours, when you're a caretaker, right? Whether it's a parent, a guardian, aunt, uncle, whoever you spend the most time with, is acting or acts within us, that acts a certain way You as a child don't realize that those behaviors are being input into you, into your system from a young age, right? So what happens? If a parent guardian, your caretaker says, I don't like that person. Your Aunt Mary. I don't talk to your Aunt Mary because she's a bad person. And you've heard that since your childhood. Now you grow up thinking Aunt Mary's a bad person. And anyone like Aunt Mary is also a bad person. Anyone that has a personality trait of of my Aunt Mary is a bad person because my mother, father, guardian has instilled in me that anyone like this is not good for me and does not serve me. And it does not allow you to experience who Aunt Mary was. Aunt Mary may be the sweetest old lady, pie, bacon, best friend you needed growing up. And your caretaker may have been the manipulative one. So it's easy to develop a blind spot for manipulation and not understanding where this stems from in the long run or not realizing or knowing when you're being manipulated in a sense. 
So to offer perspective on this topic, I have brought in a childhood expert herself. (laughs) She is someone that I have known my whole life. She's one of my very best cousin friends. We all have one. And if you don't, sorry to that man. But I wanted to get perspective from someone that I shared literally my entire life with and continue to share my life with. So let's give a round of applause to my cousin Carol. Yay. Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Carol or Carolyn, um, whichever one you guys prefer. Um, I am very blessed to be Ritzy's cousin um, and her, let's say, bystander in life. Um, we, yeah, we go back quite some time. I'm, you know, older than her by four months and I very proud of that (laughs) um but we are talking about my favorite topic um which would be perspective or uh how it comes into knowing or being aware of your blind spots um so the way that i try to navigate through life is always understanding that there are multiple sides to a story um there's how you receive information how information is provided um the whole night there's so many layers and i think that in this process of of understanding that there's always going to be a perspective outside of your own it helps with self-awareness it helps with how you interact with people how you understand and are perceived um, and just how you essentially go through life and navigate through interpersonal interactions, how you see yourself and come into terms with the fact that you're always going to change the same way that perspective will always change depending on the environment and the information that you receive. Um, but yeah. So let's get into that piece of the conversation. My mom had this saying, continues to have this saying. And growing up, she would always say, again, Usted no se deje mangonear de nadie. Ni de sus hermanos, ni de sus tíos, ni especialmente uno en la calle. Uno... No se deja mangonear por nadie. I found out what that meant like three years ago. It pretty much just means don't let people take advantage of you. Whether it's your siblings, family, aunts and uncles, people in the street. Don't let anyone do your thinking for you.
so just for clarification, my cousin Carol, her mother and my father are brother and sister. Meaning that, well, two things. My aunt is way older than my dad. (laughs) My dad is the baby of his family. (laughs) And he's like significantly younger in the sense where he was born with the nieces and nephews as opposed to with his siblings. So that is the dynamic there. Um, Also, our black side stems from my father and her mother, right? Meaning she was raised by a black woman in the household. And I wanted to point that out because the experience that she had being a black woman in San Fernando Valley in a single parent household. So yeah, um, in the same vein of um, being raised by a black woman in a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood or city or even valley, um, it was it was quite the thing to to grasp as a whole. I, my identity was was very confusing um, from when I was little. It was just I knew that we were Hispanic. I knew that we were Spanish speaking. I knew that because that was my first language. That was the language we spoke at home. Um, and funny enough, I never saw my mom as a black woman. I saw her as my mom and I was just like, oh, this lady, you know, like her skin's a little bit darker than mine. Um, and that's that I didn't really understand how she was being perceived until we had social interactions, until we went to the store and people treated her a certain way. And then I was just like, what is this? What does this mean? And am I being treated like that? Um, am I being perceived this way? And then it, in, in the same vein of, of where this, this whole concept started of blind spots, my identity was my blind spot. I didn't know who I, I was essentially. I just thought I was just a kid, you know, just I happened to look a little bit different than everybody else um, up until kids started learning how to vocalize it in negative ways and they made it very apparent to everybody like hey you're different than us you might have similarities but you're very different and then that's where that blind spot as far as my identity started to close where I was just like oh now wait a minute (laughs) I'm being seen a certain way and and then I had to actually do the internal work as far as like oh I am a black woman. My mom is a black woman. We come from a family that, you know, they originally came from a predominantly black country and then came to a Hispanic or Spanish speaking country. And there are these layers uh, to who I am or where I come from that I just didn't have the tools to fully analyze because they were never really talked about in the home. 
and now that we have kids it's it's crazy to think that now we're doing the work of two generations where we're sitting here and we're essentially saying this is the work that I've done and this is the work that you need to do as far as making sure that we don't regress or we don't go back to not knowing who we are and it's it's beautiful to see obviously because sometimes you are a little honed in as far as like raising your kids and you want to do things right and this is the way that you were raised and this is how you want to raise your kids but also having the dynamic where I've seen my sister cousin here <laughs> raise her daughter or raise starting to raise her son it's it's a beautiful thing to see and it goes back to the same thing of perspective I am now outside looking at her not only as someone that I love or someone that I share these experiences with or this identity with but now I see her as a parent instilling the things that she's worked so hard to come by into her children so that they don't have to go back to square one so it's 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 a crazy dynamic it's a crazy experience when you sit there and you, you relish in it um but yeah perspective is one hell of a thing do you do you remember your first acknowledgement of being black do you remember that yeah i do it was uh the earliest memory i have was third grade in elementary i had just changed to a different elementary um and outside of just having people make comments of for for the listeners i have a very big forehead <laughs> so outside of like carol why is your forehead so big or little things when it started outside of that which obviously I, I was like whatever you know genetics but then after i started thinking of like why does my nose look different than everybody else's or why are my lips fuller than everybody else's like how is it that i'm just this shade all year round and i get a little bit darker you know <laughs> during the summer and then everybody else is significantly lighter than me but i didn't have anyone that looked like me to explain hey we're black hey we don't do certain things that other families do or we don't experience life the same way because of this so it was super hard I had to go through like everybody else's experience and then hone in as far as who I was so I had to make my own experience I didn't have at that point we weren't really growing up with each other so just small little uh sidebar um ritzy and i didn't see each other for about seven years which could be a whole different discussion but we didn't see each other from age seven to about 14 15. so i didn't have them in the same vicinity that i had them before where it was just like hey i could go two lights down from my house and see my cousins and then we also have that experience where i i can go off of them as far as what we're receiving from life but being in school and having kids literally make these comments on a daily, if not hourly basis was kind of like soul crushing <laughs> because you start to think that something's wrong with you. And it's, it's always seen in a negative way. I never had, and my mom never sat there and was like, Hey, your hair's curly because of this and it's beautiful. And this is what you have to do to make sure that 
you take care of it, so on and so forth. My mom was very much, I'm going to relax your hair so it's straight and we don't have to deal with it. And to me, it was like, okay, cool, my hair has to be straight. And now it's straight because everybody else's hair is straight. To the point where I was straightening my hair every day. When I tell you, I looked like a Brillo pad. (laughs) It was so bad. (laughs) But even that, now that I think about it, I was like, I was really trying to assimilate to this this just what was going on around me and it was wild to 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 have to like go through the motions but now that i'm here i'm I'm happy i'm here because now i have my sister cousin back in my life and she's sitting here like girl your curls are looking a little dry let's get you some shame moisture <laughs> not sponsored by the way not sponsored <laughs> <laughs> but now you 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 get me like it feels like life is coming back to a full circle moment of like i'm I've, you kind of feel like you're home again when you have someone to experience life with and now we're sitting here and we're raising kids together we're experiencing you know milestones as adults together and it's it's such a beautiful experience and it's it's hard too like we're not going to be happy at the same time and in those moments you know you I kind of run to to Ritzy and I'm like what do I do or hey I'm going through this or I'm feeling some sort of way and she's able to give me her perspective or an external perspective as far as like hey did you die no (laughs) no you didn't um and we're gonna go ahead and get through this season and we're gonna move on and we're gonna be better people for it but we have to take the lesson out of it or we have to stop and think, why is this happening? How did I get here? How am I going to be a better person or figure it out when it happens again? Because sometimes things fluctuate and they happen again, but we're going to see it with a different set of eyes and a different experience and we're going to be better people for it. That was beautiful. A couple things I took from that. Let's talk about it. We need to dedicate a full episode, full episode to the family feud. Y'all Latinos out there, y'all know what I'm talking about. We not fighting terrenos on this episode yet, but we gonna get into it at some point or another. And secondly, I think because my parents moved us to a community that was considered low on low income but i i don't know whose standards um it was way more diverse we had access to people that look like us absolutely and that's not an echo it's my cousin just (laughs) guiding me however do you know what's crazy i remember my first anti-black experience when I was 15 years old and there may have been many before that I can't remember right now but I think this is the one that like lifted the veil of ignorance shout out to Tuskegee however lifted the veil of ignorance I went to a friend's house after school must have been freshman year in high school I went to a friend's house after school and she and I were in her room and we were just shooting the shit, whatever, talking, whatever. What do 15 year olds talk about? Probably boys. Um, 
And her sister came in from being outside. It must have been like the evening, summertime, five, six o'clock or whatever time it was. And her mom literally let, let out an audible gasp and was like, <gasps> and so me and her sister went out, me and my friend went out to see what was going on. And she was like, niña, vete a bañar, que estás muy negra. She was basically telling her to scrub the black off of her body because she was too dark for her standards. And they were of Mexican descent. And her, my friend at the time gave her mom a look and started to nervously laugh. And the mom said, and I will never forget this. She said, Ay, mija, yo no estoy hablando de ti. And at that moment, I didn't understand what she was talking about. And now as an adult, I'm like, bitch, why was I in it? <laughs> now, why am I in it? Because I didn't understand the conversations that were being had amongst them. That in turn were really about me and my black ass at the time. Because looking back, that was a period in time where I was in sports, we were walking to school, we were doing all these things, right? And for you to take almost offense to her being in the sun, I then understood that whenever anyone said that, made that comment to me, that, no estoy hablando de ti. It's because I already know how you feel about the black community. The black diaspora as a whole. Yeah. As a whole. As a whole. So, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, now I'm like, dang. Yeah. In my face. In my face. Like consciousness. That's consciously okay. even if it was subconsciously you're gonna be like these things are ingrained ingrained socially but when you think of, of people consciously picking their words and you're you're not on the receiving end you're just experiencing it it gives you a window as to how they think and how they actually feel about people that look like you Thank you all for joining in on this conversation. It's something that we ourselves are more open about our experience um, and opening up to our parents about this experience. And this is just a very small piece of a way larger conversation. But work on your blind spots do the shadow work, right? The shadow work is the things that pile up on the side that we don't pay attention to and are constantly in the back of our mind. Give those things time. Give those things time. Figure out those blind spots. I want to thank my cousin for joining me today, for joining us today. I hope you guys 
got a good laugh at some of those parts because this is real shit. We're not just here to shoot the shit. I should have been a rapper. <laughs> but for real, I think thank you guys for tuning in again. We will see you guys next time. <laughs>